Hello from Cootie and welcome to this episode of The Sales Report, where we learn how alumni from one of the world's top sales programs have found success in their career and their life. Michigan State University graduates will discuss their professional journeys and the skills, knowledge, and habits that are required to be top performers. The Michigan State sales leadership minor leverages the two nationally ranked colleges, both the Eli Broad College of Business and the College of Communications, Arts, and Sciences. I am your host, Sydney DeHorn, and today we have Pankuti Shervastava. So thank you so much for joining us, Pankuti. Thank you, Sydney, for inviting me. Of course. <laughs> Pankuti, if you could start off by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about yourself, I can give a little bit of, of a snippet about highlighting you. So I know, I know you graduated Michigan State in 2012. You majored in retail management and had a specialization in sales. And then you have an MBA from the University of Mississippi and, and graduated from there in August of 2017. And then your current job title is manager of CRM operations for Aero India and Tommy Hilfiger India, and, and you're located in Bengaluru, India. Is that correct? Absolutely, yes. Awesome. Well, can you tell us a little bit about? I think it's it's very interesting and refreshing to hear that that you came from India to go to MSU, and then now you're back now. So, if you could share a little bit about your journey and how you've gotten into the role you are today. And, and, and what brought you from India and, and how you got back. That would be great. Sure. So I was born and raised in India. So I've completed my high school and everything here. India is a pretty big country. You have the Northern region, the Southern, East and West. So I was born and raised till a certain amount of time in the Southern region. And then my dad got a job in the Northern part of the country in Delhi. So we had to move. So I completed okay. my high school in Delhi. And from there, New Delhi. And then from there, so I was 18, 17, 18 when I left home. So it was, it's a thing, you know, like in India, or it's not just in India, in any of the country outside of United States. It's a big thing when parents send their kids outside of the country to study. So I actually, and especially when you're 16 or 17, you don't really know what you're doing. So your parents make a lot of decisions for you. <laughs> and so this was a decision from my parents' side that, you know, it, it will give me, a, and I'm an only child. So for them, it was like giving me independence, making me, okay. trying to make me understand the world. So it's something that um, you learn on your own. So they just like sent me away and try to find your footing when you're 17, 18 years old in a country that you haven't been raised in. Of course, it was a little overwhelming in the beginning and this is 2007 that we're talking about. So, and you didn't have like technology. Honestly, you didn't have your FaceTime and all that back then. Skype also came, I think a year or so after that. So we had to use calling cards to call back home and everything. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, exactly. So Apple, I think the first uh, iPod, like the Apple, I, not the the iTouch was launched, I think, in 2008. So the iPhone, I think, came in 2009. So, I mean, you can imagine, this was before all that. Like a year sure, before. sure. <laughs> sure. So, I mean, but, I mean, of course, MSU, um, it's still the love of my life. I still miss that place Aww. terribly. I am a Spartan at heart. So MSU love it. is a place where I actually learned a lot about myself. 
actually to start off, I was actually a computer science major in my freshman year. Okay. Okay. And that was the biggest mistake of my life because I was <laughs> terrible at it. I was really bad at it. And um, so much so that I actually ended uh, the first semester on a really bad note. And, uh, and I got a 0.8 GPA in the beginning of my first semester. It was really bad. I was on probation. And wow. Yeah. So my parents were like, you know what, why don't you give it another shot, another semester? And that another semester didn't do much good to me. Uh, I remember taking Calc 1. I remember taking um, ComSci 101, Calc 1, um, Calc 1. All of these were my subjects in the first and second semester. I took Calc 2 in mm-hmm. the second semester. And I was really bad at it. So then I sat down with my And the one thing that I'm incredibly thankful for. I've had really supportive parents, very supportive parents. So my parents then understood that this is actually not the right career path for me, because of course, if I am this miserable and this bad at it, this cannot be something that I can see a future in. So then Mm -hmm. we decided Mm -hmm. to go through the existing curriculum of Michigan State and see what could actually fit my mindset, what could actually fit my skill set. And we came across the retailing uh the retail management program i think it was called retailing back then um i don't think it's a major anymore at msu that stopped around 2013 or so but anyway Mm -hmm. so we came across the retail management program and this is something that my parents and i collectively felt that this was something that i could be good at and it was so i had no clue about retail management when i joined i took it as a major because i wasn't doing good at my current major I mean, and how life works out is currently I've worked my entire, like I've had over a decade worth of experience in retail and like education and experience combined now. So things just happen and you just roll with it. So any which way, uh, when I took over the retail, when I went into the retail management program, so it's a combination of business. It's a combination of communication. So I had to do like a small business so there was a, I'm not sure what it's called. Um, it's not a specialization, obviously. It was, a, it was a set of classes that were purely business classes. So I had to take accounting. I had to take finance, management, marketing. So I had to take all these mm-hmm. plus the communication and retail classes. So okay. I had advertising. So yeah, so basically this was how it was. It was a lot of retail communication and business combined. And that actually made me, and that made me realize that I'm actually really good at it. This is something that I could actually work towards. Yeah, because it it involves something. So computer science was incredibly technical. I'm not very technical, but I do like I do like analysis. So it helps you think about how to run your business. So retail management is about running a retail business. You run the business and you understand every aspect of it from buying to merchandising to actually sales and everything combined. So I graduated from that in 2011. And uh, like I said, I, I walked and everything. And then the summer of 2011, I was actually feeling very lost because I didn't know like what career path, like what I actually wanted to do what I was looking forward to doing. And then I was just going through again, MSU's curriculum, which has saved my life like two times at this point. (laughs) So (laughs) I was going through the (laughs) curriculum and I came across this sales uh, communication specialization. 
Jennifer Rumler was the one who interviewed me for the program. So I applied, wow. called me for an interview. And this is, I think, July of 2011 or so. Like okay. a month before classes are about to begin for fall. And she interviewed me and then she like, then I got admitted into the program. And the one year that I spent in the specialization actually changed my life forever because this program gave me a lot of confidence the first thing that this specialization does is give you a lot of confidence it gives you a lot of confidence in yourself first of all because I was constantly talking during the specialization you have projects upon projects you have presentations upon presentations and you have to talk a lot and you can only talk when you are confident, when you know your material, when you know what your strengths are. And that confidence was, that was what built up in me in the specialization and the knowledge part came like with it. So I learned a lot about how to deal with people, how to understand business from a sales point of view. So in my, so the capstone class where we, get together with our corporate partners and do a project. So I was in a group that was doing a project with C.H. Robinson. Uh, okay. And then- Oh, the RFP, the RFP. Yeah, correct. So the so those kind of projects actually bought a lot of confidence in me. Okay, this is how you look at um, sales. This is how you approach people. This is what actually corporate world looks like. So when I graduated, I mean, it was- I was 10 times, actually not even 10, maybe a hundred times more confident than I Mm -hmm. looked like a year before. And I was like, okay, you know what? Now I think I have a good understanding of who I am because sales is not just about selling your product. It's about understanding you. If you don't have confidence in yourself, you can sell your product. So you can do like, you can't really present yourself to companies you can talk to talk to them about yourself and this program gave me that confidence and believe me when I I went through a lot of interviews like I have given a lot of interviews at my time in MSU and each one of them like I got confident by the day this program made me understand a little more about myself so anyway moving forward from MSU when I graduated uh, I was looking for a lot of jobs and of course I had a when I was at MSU also, I had like, th- there was a point of time where I had three part-time jobs I was working. Actually, yes, I, w- I had two part-time jobs and in my graduating semester, uh, I had three part-time jobs and I interned. Oh my gosh. At, yeah. So I'm not sure if you know Mary Stucco, but I in- I interned with her. I do uh, not. She was, okay. So she was one of the... Um, She's one of the friends of the program and uh, very good friends with Jennifer Rumbler. And she, okay. um, she had, uh, she had, she was leading this insurance company. So she had her own, uh, I guess, a franchisee or something of a farm bureau insurance. So I interned with her, and then okay. on campus, I used to, I, I used to work in Owen. So I was. Oh my the, gosh! Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I worked in Owen, so I was the um, student supervisor in Owen for like almost two and a half years. I was a campus uh, tour guide, so I know like every inch of MSU wow. because I used to walk and you know give tours to people. So I I worked a lot. I've been working since two thousand nine like okay. part-time and everything. So any which way, so when I graduated, I got a job at Nordstrom. So of course, when you come 
so when you do retail, when you do a sales communication specialization, you think, I mean, for everybody, a retail job is like, you know, a part-time job or whatever. You're doing it for pocket change or whatever. But for mm-hmm. me, actually, because of course, this was my field. This is where I'd studied in. This was more of a stepping stone and stepping stone. All right. Because that, that is actually the cornerstone of how I built my career from that. So okay. I used to, I, I started working in Nordstrom in 12 Oaks. I was in the dresses and the special occasion dresses department. So, mm-hmm. and that's your first exposure of sales because when you stand on the sales floor and when you're selling and you understand how, Absolutely. and of course you're on commission at that point of time. So you understand how each sale you make is actually building up towards your paycheck. So it, and that actually brings out a good measure of you. So how, what are you, how do you sell? What do you sell to the customer? How do you sell it? How do you understand the customer? So sales and that, and that actually is the first thing to understand about sales. Sales is the cornerstone of your business. It takes two of your major pillars of your business into consideration, which is your consumers and your product. And if you don't understand either of them, you cannot run your business. So that is the first thing when it comes to anything, any, any retail, um, maybe it's a retail establishment or anything other than that, wherever you have a product that needs to go to a customer, sales is the first thing that people have to pay attention to. And that is where you realize that you understand your market, you understand your product and how you perceive your product is not the same as how your customer receives your product so you have to make them understand your point of view for them to actually buy this product a lot of people don't want to buy a lot of your products but you have to sell them anyway so how do you do that so that all of that is and like I said the confidence part plays into it you have to be very confident about what you're selling and you have to be very confident in your ability to sell it and that's how you approach the customer so anyway after I worked for almost a year not almost like a full complete year at Nordstrom and um my visa, my work visa ended. So I had to come back to India. And I came back to India, August, 2013, August, I came back to India after completing, Mm -hmm. uh, I had almost lived almost six years in Michigan at that point of time, I came back. And I was interviewing here because of course my, so I came back to Bangalore, India, which is again in the South part of the country, my parents moved back home. So I came back to Bangalore and I was looking for jobs where I was, interviewed by Tommy Hilfiger. So Tommy Hilfiger, um, of course, in India, you all of these companies who come from outside of India, they are in partnership with like an Indian brand at that point of time. Now, now the foreign direct investment has opened up quite a bit, but still you have all the, um, especially when it comes to retail, uh, most of the companies that, that are from outside of this country are in partnership with like a bigger holding company in India. So Tommy Hilfiger is part of a bigger holding company called Arvind. So under Arvind, you have Calvin Klein, you have Tommy Hilfiger, you have Sephora, you have a lot of these other brands as well. So there are like six Mm -hmm. brands that are under Arvind and Tommy Hilfiger is one of them. So I was interviewed by Tommy Hilfiger and I got an assistant manager position in a store. So that was my first foray into management. So I was running, I was the assistant manager of the flagship store of the country, uh, 3,500 square foot. I had 12 uh, people in the store who reported to me. And from there, 
so with sales plus management, so I did that for about a year and a half. Uh, then I got promoted to store manager, uh, which I did for another like nine, 10 months or so. And then all the while, while I was doing it, of course, I had this thought in my mind that I had to go to do an MBA. This was always a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, my parents have played a big part in my you know, in my career mapping or whatever. So we had always discussed that this would be the second step in my education. Okay. So I was constantly applying. I had given my GMAT, I was applying, and then I got into the University of Mississippi. Uh, so I went back to the United States in 2016, January, was there for about a year and a half, completed my MBA. And uh, I came back because, I mean, I had family over here and there were some things that I needed to take care of. So I came back in 2017. And again, now this is something that may not be a very common phenomenon, but it was something with me that I felt, and I'm not really averse to talking about it because it's an experience. It's my life experience. So Mm -hmm. I was very lost after doing MBA. I had work experience, but I didn't know if that was exactly what I wanted to keep working in. But the good thing about having good mentors and uh, in life, and I've had some very good mentors throughout my life, which I'll speak later about, uh, is that even if you don't know what kind of a career path you are going to have, your mentors might have a different idea about you. So I went and uh, spoke to my old bosses in Tommy Hilfiger. And I said, uh-huh. I'm not really sure what I want to do. So he was like, why don't you join back? But you have to join back in the same position you were working in, which of course you would think, and anybody would think, why would you do that? Uh-huh. Well, the first thing why I did that was that of course, I hadn't worked full time for about two years almost. So whoever is hiring you needs to know that you're still worth something, that you're still good for it. And since you haven't worked for almost two full years, I was doing MBA full time. They, I need to get back into the grind to understand that, you know, just because I have an MBA, I'm not going to get things in my lap. Uh, funny story. I'm just going to digress for a second. Funny story. When I yeah. joined MBA, like my first two, three months. So in University of Mississippi, you, we used to have these things called as the professional development days. So we used to have corporate sponsors who used to come into um, come into campus. And then they trained us in like resume building and in mock interviews and a lot of other stuff like professional development stuff. And one of the corporate sponsors was FedEx. So FedEx, uh, so one of the ladies, uh, she showed us a video. It was an advertisement of FedEx. And that ad was about an MBA grad who just, who a fresh MBA grad who gets a job at FedEx. And um, he keeps telling this, that, you know, I have an MBA, I have an MBA. And one, one of the ladies uh, in his office says, oh, you have an MBA. You know what? You can make mm-hmm. copies. And then she directs him to the copy machine. So that's one of the things. And that's one of the things that even the, like, that was built in us when we were studying MBAs that don't expect things to just fall into your lap because you have this degree. You still have to work for it. Degree is good because it, it adds to your existing experience, but you still have to work for it. And that is exactly what 
happened when I came back. I had the degree, but I still had to prove that I was good for something. So I worked, I went back to my old position and I worked that for a year. And that's when I was called into like my boss's office, like the head of the retail uh, office. And then he told me that, you know what, we want to interview for this position. So why don't you go talk to, you know, the lady who's currently my boss? Uh-huh. And, uh, what's the position? The position was CRM. Now, CRM, I mean, of course, when you work in front end, you have, you understand what CRM is, but you don't completely know, know what CRM is. I was like, I don't really, I understand what it is from a store's perspective, what customer relationship management means, but I don't know a lot about it. So when I was interviewing with my, well, she's, she's actually my super boss. So I have a boss and then she's her boss. So she was the one who interviewed me. Okay. Um, so she's like, it's fine. I mean, I want to understand what you core understand about CRM and if you think it's useful for the business. So I had like like an almost hour long interview with her. And then she thought that maybe I was a good fit because of course I didn't know anything about CRM. And when I joined CRM is when I learned a lot about my current role. So what CRM actually does is, um, so it's not marketing. Marketing is a lot about mass communication. It's about everything from dealing with endorsements to like communicating in a larger way to your audience, building that image, making them understand that this is what your brand is all about. CRM is not that. Customer relationship management has got a lot to do with data. It's about data analytics. It's about understanding your core customer, your repeat customers, who are your most loyal customers, who come and shop with you time and again. And then whatever their history is, however they've shopped, we then dissect them. We say, okay, if you're customer A and I'm customer B, how many are there like customer A? How many shop like customer A? How many visit? How many times does customer A visit the stores? How much does customer A spend? Is it the same as customer B? No, okay. So you have a bucket. You have customer A, customer B, and customer C. So you then now, once you have done your data analytics, you then make customized loyalty programs. You say, okay, customer A should be getting this loyalty program. Customer B can get this loyalty program because depending on how much they shop, this is how loyal they're going to be. And then basis Mm -hmm. of that, we then do the communication basis of that. So of course, then you have the region-wise communication, you have customer-wise communication. There's a lot of dissecting is the right word that goes on to give you the right kind of service at the end of the day, which is again, which ties into sales. It's not complex, but it is very, very detail-oriented and you have to be incredibly good with numbers. You have to understand your audience. You have to know, okay, this is what audience A will react to. This is what audience B will react to. Like, for example, the winters are really heavy in the northern part of the country, but not in the southern part of the country. So you cannot send winter wear communication to the southern part of the country because nobody's going to buy it. But also a lot of people travel. So how much communication do you send? Do you send it to all or do you only send it to your actual winter wear buyer? So you do a data analytics of who has actually purchased winter wear, what kind of customer has purchased, and you only send that communication to that set of customers. 
So it's a lot of critical thinking, data analytics, customization that goes into CRM. Uh, and then, of course, building that loyalty base so that this customer can come and shop with you time and again. So that's what CRM is. And that's my current role. Wow, that that is quite the the career path. And so, <laughs> and so now you're back in India, which you went right after you graduated with your MBA, right? Right, right. I have so many questions for you. But first, I guess you've had a path where you've come to the United States, you've left, you've come back for more schooling, and you've You've gone back for the job that you're currently in. What has been the highlight of your career so far? I know, I know you said you were you were a little bit lost at one point, but what what has been the highlight? I mean, the good part is that I I think that my peak is still yet to arrive. So okay, good, good. I have always believed in that. But the highlight, if you want to say, um, there have been quite a few highlights in the last two, three years of my life, because of course, like I said, I did not know. I knew that I was good at my job that I was doing before I went for MBA, but I wasn't sure if that was a job I wanted to continue doing after my MBA. So I went back to it and I was doing it. And then when my mentors realized that, you know, I could actually be good at something. So the part where you don't know, that you might be good for something, but your mentors realize that that is something that you might actually be a good fit for. That was pleasantly surprising for me because I didn't know before I joined my current team that this is the path that I wanted to go on. But now that I'm in it, I love it. So, and I love every second of it. So that was, and it's not a highlight, but it's a, it's a, it's a nice change. It's a nice feeling to know that, you know, Whoever is guiding you, whoever is mentoring you, they're seeing you, they're watching you, and they they can understand. Even if you don't, they do. Uh, they do see yeah. your skill sets and they understand where you would be a good fit. So that's that. Point A. Okay. Point B was, and this was actually this happened about a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, after COVID, of course, everyone, all the companies across the world face challenges left, right, and center. And we had to, you know, there were a lot of budget cutbacks and everything was happening at a very, like everything was being put on you like at the same time, because of course uh, businesses had to get back on their feet immediately. Otherwise there would have been a huge, huge financial setback worldwide. So we, of course, with a lot of budget constraints and everything, a lot more responsibilities were being put on like existing set of employees. And of course you have to tackle them as they come and they are coming one after the other. And a lot of things are going on and a lot of, and your responsibilities are being increased, you know, by the minute. And I was in an assistant manager position. Um, like I joined the team in 2019 of June and I joined it on the, in the position of an assistant manager. And about four months ago in July, uh, like there was a big email that was sent across like company, that's a company wide email that went across like, oh, we're promoting a few people and all this and that and everything. And then suddenly I saw my name in the list and my boss oh my is still God. telling me. Mm-hmm. It was like a surprise. And I was like, Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So they wanted like they wanted to surprise me. And I was like, wow, this this is truly appreciated. And of course, I mean, they came out and said, like, you know, that was a lot of responsibilities and you know, the performance matters and everything like that. 
So that was a really pleasant surprise that, you know, you see your name in that, you know, this big email that comes across company-wide and your name is right there. And I was like, okay, well, hard work does pay off. Yeah, congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. So, yeah, I mean, we can count that as a highlight. Like in a year full of a lot of challenges and everything and you're doing it because, of course, it's your job and that's what you're supposed to do. But then uh-huh. you get rewarded for it in the nicest way possible. I guess that would be a highlight. Sure. 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 <laughs> so going back to your story, how sure. you've come to the U.S. and you've gone back to India. I'm, I'm curious more, how has the the difference from your work when you were here? And I, again, I, I know you're not holding the same role, but how does work compare from when you were working in the United States here, when you were in school, to working in India? You know, that's surprising that it's not a lot of difference. Not a lot of difference. For starters being, for starters being, I do work for a company that is fairly American by nature. So a lot of the management policies and everything is very American-like. I mean, of course, there are cultural differences uh, people are different a little bit, of course, from U.S. to India. But at the end of the day, the core, the core of the person that you're dealing with is pretty much the same. They think the same. And when it comes to business, the approach is very, very similar. Um, because, of course, you have to make your numbers, so you have to work a lot. Um, I personally haven't felt a culture shock I'm, I guess I haven't felt a culture shock because I've moved back and forth so much that I'm not immune to culture shocks. But when I first started, I honestly, I'm being incredibly honest when I say this, I didn't feel a culture shock. But of course, if you, know, maybe, because, maybe because I have lived in both countries for a considerable amount of time. So sure, I, sure. Was, I knew the culture very well but of course in India it's not it's if you actually have to say how the work is different I would suggest I would say the work was different because of the consumers the customer is very different maybe my work wasn't that different because of course I was in a sales position there and then I came to a sales position here so sales at the core of it is the same because you're selling your product you're running your Mm -hmm. store so that part remained the same but of course, the customer that you're dealing with is totally different because there's a lot of um, India still is pretty traditional at heart. And uh, you have to you have to approach that customer in that certain way. A lot of the buying decisions over here are made by the male members of the family, not okay. by the female okay. members of the family. Uh, so understanding that and approaching that. So, yes, the consumer is very different. So understanding the consumer part, I didn't come back to a commission-based system. So in India, uh, we don't have, like, especially at the beginning of retail doesn't have a lot of commission. So you earn a base salary. So you're not actually sharking it out with your, with your, with your coworkers for a sale. So here, Uh here, actually, it's a lot about building up the store sale as opposed to your personal sale. So here I worked more as a team. Because over here, since there was no commission, nobody was just individually thinking about their own sale. But of course, I came back to a managerial position. So I felt a lot of pressure um, for meeting my store sales target. Because of course, that matters a lot over here. 
Um, I mean, it matters over there too, but I came back in a managerial position. So you don't understand what kind of pressure you're facing until and unless you're in that position. Because when you're mm-hmm. just in sales, when you're just looking out for yourself, you just think about your own paycheck. You're not thinking about the business as a whole. So you're very, and that that works out in US because of course, I mean, if you are making the sale, it's going towards the store sale at the end of the day, but you are still very self-centered. You are still just thinking about okay, this is, I'm selling this because I'm going to get this paycheck at the end of the day. In India, that was different. I wasn't working on commission. So I had to pay attention to what's happening to my store, what I'm doing every day. So my daily sales target need to be met. Uh, if it's not being met, how am I going to cover it up for the for at the end of the week? And here you're not individually thinking, you have to think as a team. So you then understand which salesperson will be good in which part of the store. So this person mm-hmm. will work good in menswear. This person will work good in footwear. So then you start, you know, actually analyzing your store and actually start making decisions that way. So that was one difference in India, since you're not, mm-hmm. you're not individually catering to your paycheck, you think more as a team. So that was the difference that I felt in retail over here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it's very good to to hear that and and understand that it's not very different. <laughs> that makes me feel a little bit better too. In case I ever wanted to get a job, you know, somewhere else around the world, of course, would be amazing. I would I would love to do that. I mean, international um, experience is always a good thing because I have yes. I have that, so I realize it actually helps your mind grow a lot. You think from a lot of different perspectives, so that is that is never a bad thing. We have one more question for you today. I'm curious, is there any advice that you wish that you had when you were going through your job hunt? And then also, what advice do you have for those students that may be looking for a job right now for a full-time job or an internship or maybe someone who's already in a job and is, is just looking for an ounce of advice in terms of looking for their next job that they're, that they're going towards. I don't know if there's any advice that I should have gotten that I didn't. Maybe because I don't think like that. Um, I usually got the right advice at the right point of time. One incredibly great advice that I got um, was when I interviewed with Coles. And I tanked that interview, obviously, Uh, but I got a very good advice with the lady who was interviewing me. And she said that just because you are not the right fit for this role doesn't mean you're not the right fit for any role. You will be. The day you find your fit, you will understand. So if you fail in a job interview, so I'm, I'm going to tie this in with your second part of the question. If someone is failing at a job interview, it is fine because you may not be the right fit for that particular job, but that doesn't mean that you're not the right fit for a job. So don't take it to heart. So that is the first thing. That is the first thing that I would actually, if if someone, that I, I got that advice a little later in my college career. I got that, I think, in my senior year, if I had gotten it a little sooner, because I used to get very dejected. Um, with my job interviews, I used to get very disheartened. But then when I when, when I was told this, it made me realize that, you know what, it's right. 
maybe because I didn't I didn't get the job because I was not the right fit for this particular role but I still have a lot to offer I still you know I'm educated I'm qualified so maybe there is another job that I'll be good fit at I just have to do my research and you know keep giving my interviews till I find that fit so that was like a piece of advice and that's a piece of advice that I tell everybody because it's easy to get dejected in job interviews but when you know this when you have this at the back of your head that okay fine I tried my best but I didn't get it then that probably is only because I might not be the right fit for this particular role which is fine I'll keep interviewing till I get to the next one so that's there because when you get disheartened it's very difficult to move forward so it's very yes, important absolutely. that you keep yourself self you know you keep your self-confidence higher than that so that's the first one uh the second thing that I would tell people looking for a job is and th- this is coming from personal experience don't put yourself in a box don't I mean I know that whenever we are in our senior year or when we do grad school we have this in our head that you know this is the kind of job I want to end up in sure you will end up in it. But don't think that, like I said, like the FedEx ad, don't think that it's going to fall into your lap just because you are in your senior year at a very prestigious school or you have a grad degree. No, you still have to work a lot for it and sometimes from the scratch. So it's okay if you have to take a step back because it's only going to push you forward. So don't put yourself in a box. Don't be very rigid with your thoughts. Be open. And sometimes... And coming from, again, personal experience, sometimes you don't know where life is taking you. So you have to take every opportunity you get. So take whatever opportunity you feel you are flexible enough to take and, you know, roll with that. So that is one advice that I would actually give. That's amazing advice, especially for all of those students that may be listening to this that are applying for a job or are in a job right now and thinking that they want to steer their career path in a different direction and and look for a new role that they might be interested in. I I know that when I was going through college and then interviewing for jobs, I I totally put myself in that box you were talking about for for a while in a couple of my interviews, thinking that I had to get a very strict supply chain role job. And and after that, I, I came to the conclusion that, you know, I I don't need to just silo myself and, and corner myself into supply chain. If I want to go into sales or I want to do consulting, you know, if, if I think I can do it and I want to do something different, then I can go for that too. So I think that's, that's really good advice. And thank you so much, Pankuti, for for answering all of these questions. And thanks to all of you who, who've listened to this podcast today, please, please be sure to follow Pankuti on, on LinkedIn and listen in on the remainder of the sales report podcasts. You can find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, um, Spotify, and then also Apple podcasts.